0: It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy. In favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville. Seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call
1: you're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on.
0: Dealing with the challenges.
1: Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i would like, be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you.
0: Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things.
3: But always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord.
0: This is the Nash Vocations Podcast, adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio.
2: This week, our seminarians continue their discussion of the questions you've submitted.
4: Like the next question I was going to ask is a question from Jenny Pride, uh, going back to our lives here at the seminary. Uh, like, um, it's a good question. It may seem like, a, like, 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 of course, there'll be a case. Or like, but a lot of people don't know. And I get this question and I get this question a lot. Uh, do you ever talk with family while they're like like you would in college? Do they visit? So basically yes. like two questions. Are you are you able to talk? Are we able to actually call home and talk to parents? And are parents able to visit in a non covid year? Yeah, I usually call my
1: mom once a week, usually Saturday or Sunday. I just call her up and talk to her maybe 30 minutes to an hour, depending on if there's anything going on at home, or anything to talk about. And then, yes, they can visit. My yeah. mom and grandmother and aunt came down to an, the seminary I was at previously, like, once or twice. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, d- just
3: because I, I in the past, like, decades ago, yeah. like, things were a lot stricter, where um, oftentimes when we start to complain one of the monks here, Father Jonathan, is like, oh, well, back in my day, yeah. <laughs> um, because he is, I, I mean, he is an older monk, and so he is seeing a lot. Um, but definitely, we, 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 are, we do have a lot more freedom here now than what a lot of people would expect. Um, in a way, it is it is very similar to being in a college. The only difference is um, you're expected to be at class. You can't just say, wake up in the morning like, oh, I'm not going to go to class today because I don't feel like it. I mean, if you do that in college too, I mean, some colleges have uh, policies about that. But here, we actually take those policies seriously because, I mean... You need to be responsible, man. Um, but no, yeah, you can you can call your family as often as needed. Um, families can visit. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I call my family every yeah, every Sunday. Uh, talk with them. Um, sometimes they'll call me throughout the week, just maybe just to talk.
3: And That's it. Yeah, I play video games with my family. Well, my brother. Um, just. Okay, by I play. Vigo. I've done it once. There's just one that I had a little time, and there's this game, a PC game, recently called Among Us. Uh, it's a, it's a fun little game. It's like it's like the like Mafia, but you can. But um, I mean, it's pretty much just Mafia, but on the computer. Uh, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. You get to see which of your friends or family members are really good at lying.
4: <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, not just called my mom. Like, yeah, this past, we yeah, I think I talked to, her, but uh, yeah, yesterday, just yesterday, she called me and everything. And and, and so again, like, it, we we are allowed to have c- cell phones and stuff like that. We even got like a little, uh, like <laughs> like the <laughs> old school. Like oh yeah that's oh, yeah. short uh like shoot I don't even know what to call it anymore. like uh <laughs> <A> landline. <laughs> it's a landline, landline landline yeah <laughs> I'm not that young <laughs> it's it's like, like but I couldn't yeah and so like but it collects a lot of dust because we don't really use it. but <laughs> people explained. people call me on that yeah they what home and no, like I, I, here? I, I, no no here yeah 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 I don't have it hooked up to call off mine's under my bed <laughs> because. Like I push my bed up against the wall, and it's like the only, like the only. Uh, way. It's yeah. connected to that, and, uh, and it's like the only place it could be. It's like under my bed, but it's like, but but, <laughs> but anyway, like uh, but we all like. And I ask that, and I and I say that in particular that we're able to have cell phones, in our world, and of course in our world today, it's like a given. Of course, we're able to have cell phones, but you want like I I get that question. It, like people uh, people have asked me, like. Like uh, even even before even like the summer going into seminary, they asked that question. And when I and time I come back, they would say they would ask questions that and their questions would give an impression that we were we were going off to this to like a distant place. Mission and like, land. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and, and honestly,
3: we'll, I, I do yeah. understand that because I was also surprised when I found that the monks in my class had cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, because because yeah, I was also under the impression that it's like oh, they're going to be monks; they don't need. They're they're rejecting the world. They don't need cell phones. And then just like,
1: yeah, what's your phone number? It's
3: like, oh, you got got a better phone than I do.
1: There's also, there is a trend though among, uh, in certain seminaries where they have stopped, they still have cell phones, but they've stopped buying smartphones and instead they're going back old school with flip phones. Yeah, flip phones. Or just phones that just can call and maybe get on the internet a little bit. But yeah. I know a lot of dudes in my old seminary. They were they started to go that route. And I know I know the diocese of Tulsa
3: requires their seminarians to just have flip phone, flip phones. I believe. Really, I think I believe it's Tulsa.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, flip oh. Like like they require that. Like yep. so you can't you can't can 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 have, have a, a smartphone. Can, can their priests have, priest have smartphones? I don't know about
3: the priests. I just know they're seminarians. I think
2: isn't it like your first year? I don't think it's like no,
4: every. But, year. Well, because Tracy, he, this Maybe is his I'm second
3: wrong. year, and he's—I don't think he has. A, I don't think he has one yet. Oh, I don't
4: think.
3: But no, I, 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 I have. I have encountered a couple of dioceses where they're, where they're not allowed to have smartphones, mm. and I understand why that's a that's a thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've actually thought about such an, about just such a back to. Flip phone and get rid of my smartphone, but it's just like, oh well, yeah, it can be distracting. Yeah, yeah. But, it's like, but it's like, but that was the thing. It's like, but it's so convenient. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was it's like you're precious. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it,
4: it,
3: and, uh, that's, I mean that's sort of the problem with them. They, they can be, they can be so addictive. And it's just like uh working on, uh, working on detachments.
2: Well, it's like yeah. it's like, every, like everything that basically is on there. That, like, yeah, most, most some sense that you like need. Yeah. You know? Almost, like, just a person, almost like a PC. Yeah. We've got to if I, if I lose, like, my PC or my phone, I'll just be like, oh, my God. It's, like, the end of the world,
1: you mm-hmm.
4: know. Oh, yeah. All my stuff. Is yeah, up. the name of the game definitely is detachment and, like, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. All right, stuff Spider-Man, do calm down. <laughs> 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 but, but anyway, uh, like, the next question, uh, yeah, um, again, who's your favorite saint? Or saint, wait. Oh. Yeah, saint. I thought saints, but who's your favorite saint? I got to represent
1: my girl, Joan of Arc.
4: I can answer Brent's question.
3: I can can give you Saint Faustina.
2: Yep. (laughs) I have many favorite saints, but if
3: I had to pick one, it would be her. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's Saint Joseph. Mm. Which one? The The worker, the foster father. The uh, the foster father. The terror of of demons. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a great. Just all of the, just, just, I, I mean, he was the only he was he's in the holy family, but everybody else in that family was perfect. It's just that idea of it. I, I just love it.
1: Everything love it. that happened bad was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: and I mean, look, if he could make it, I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, it's interesting on Saint Joseph is that, like, I mean, I've heard the the, the, the like the, the Catholic opinion, opinion that like. Uh, uh, after, after Jesus and the Trinity and everything, like the two other holiest people, of course, is Mary, or, and right below that is Joseph because of their close proximity to Jesus. and oh, yeah. and how I and, Yeah,
1: yeah. if you read, uh, I don't know the priest's name, but he recently came out with a consecration to St. Jo- Joseph. Oh, Father Don Call. Yeah, he says that on the right side is Mary, on Jesus' is right, and on the left side is Joseph.
4: Yeah. yeah, Like, like uh, I was say, does he... Does he mention, like, uh, like, I think it may be true that some people say that Joseph may have lived a life free of personal sin.
1: Yeah, he does say that. Yeah. He says that Joseph probably that. did not commit any uh, mortal sins. Yeah.
4: But he was still, like, born with original yeah, sin. Yeah, he's still
1: born with original sin. He not wasn't like saved uh, before like Mary. He didn't have an immaculate conception like Mary. Yeah. And he didn't have uh, mortal sin, bla- uh, original sin blasted away from him like uh, John the Baptist.
4: Mm. So, yeah, uh, so, uh, uh, my favorite saint. Oh, oh, that's sweet.
3: It's just a, it's a picture of Saint Joseph, terror of That is amazing. I've got a got a picture of that just hanging on the I've wall. I've never seen that. She she sells those actually.
1: Oh. This is a Before. a woman, a Catholic woman. She does art on a website called Deviant Art, and she does a lot of good Catholic art. She usually does a lot of her stuff in i icon styles. So, but yeah, I've got one from her from Mary and uh, Saint Josephs. But she does sell her prints. Yeah, I'm probably gonna need to get some of those because I've been thinking these walls are bare. Yeah, you look like a Protestant in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, life. if it's a who you are listening.
4: Yeah. It's, it's a life I mean, of not, simplicity. Not I haven't figured out the noble part yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, again, not all Protestants. You gotta give a shout out to I like, guess, our Anglo-Catholic friends and stuff like that, and they can get down on some like, like <laughs> Catholic <laughs> stuff and everything like that. But, but anyway, I guess like the saint I would pick is uh, again, uh, uh, Father Augustus Tolton. Uh, like, he's not a saint yet, but Bless like, b- but he's uh, he's venerable. V- oh, venerable? venerable. What did he, he do? It? Isn't blessed beatified yet? No, no, no. He's he's oh he, he no, somebody miserable. else
3: is close to being beatified. They're still working on his process.
1: I don't know who this is. Tell me about him.
4: I get like uh, Father Augustus Tolton. Uh, he's the he's the first recognized African American Catholic priest in U.S. history. He lived uh, in the in the in the 1800s. Uh, I'm fudging on like the particular years that you know he was born, but he was born during uh, slavery. Mm. So before 1860s, he was born there, and his family escaped from slavery. And, and during the Civil War, like at the very cusp of the Civil War, he left, and it's like his father actually went, like, um, escaped before the mother, before, like, his mom and his siblings did, and, like, presumably joined the uh, the uh, Union Army, and he never saw his, his, his father again when he died. But he's the first... Uh, recognized uh, black American priest in in United States history. And a very great story, like very pertinent to our times today, because he was not allowed, like he was raised Catholic, baptized Catholic during slavery. And he was raised Catholic and continued to practice his faith as he went, as he got older. And he expressed desires to become a priest and, when he expressed his desire to become a priest, like, and he, like, he tried, he applied for, he got, he got help to apply for different seminaries in America, but, um, but when he applied for different seminaries in America, coming in. Like, um, just keep going. Okay, like, when he applied for different seminaries in America, every, he was rejected by everyone. Yeah. Because they would not yeah, accept he, a black man.
3: He had to go to Rome to get yeah. trained. Yeah, he had to go to Rome really? to get trained.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, um he had a to go to Rome time. to get trained oh, and stuff yeah. and uh, he, he was helped out by like uh like a like a fresh uh, like Irish Franciscan priest and stuff. Uh, so sent to Rome to get trained. Uh and originally he thought he was gonna be sent as a missionary. <laughs> like, hey, hey, are you gonna cut this? Thing? No, that's fine. Okay This right.
1: is Oscar, well, he's yeah. one of our seminarians.
3: Yeah, we're Oscar gonna Romero. The camera's right. over that Sorry, way. We are gonna uh record our podcast right after this. So he came in and he's going to be on our panel. Um So
1: what diocese did he eventually join? Like uh
4: Illinois,
1: Chicago. Chicago. Like,
4: like, the, like the, eventually he, eventually, yeah, eventually yeah, Chicago. But like he was part of like uh like like uh diocese well, I don't know if it was not like if it was Constitues a diocese, yeah. yeah, the Diocese of Springfield yeah. like in Illinois. Yeah, you know, and everything. Because he
3: is so he's from Quincy, Illinois. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where yeah. one of the seminarians here who's a deacon, um his family's from. So he Yeah, whatever so he's Diocese's very proud Quincy's of that. that I believe I believe it is currently it's currently in the Diocese of Springfield. Uh but I think at the time it might have still been under Chicago because if I or no, it might be Joliet. Because I met the rector of the cathedral of Joliet and he's he's part of the team working on the process, the beatification process for him. Um, So it might be Joliet, I Mm -hmm. believe.
4: Yeah. But like uh, before I get to the Chicago connection, like let's tell like. That very brief kind of powerful moment that he had right before he was ordained, and that he was originally thinking he was going to be sent to Africa to be a missionary, and so he spent this time learning different African cultures and languages and stuff. He thought he was going to get sent there, and that was the plan for his superiors to send him there. But in the in right in the meeting right before he was ordained, like the like the very day before he was ordained on Easter, uh, so during like the triduum. Trid- like the, the his superiors, uh, along with like the cardinals, were were gathered together and like determining, okay, where we're we gonna send probably like the ordinandies and stuff. Where we're we gonna send Father Tolton, and they was agreed about sending him to be a missionary in Africa. But the cardinal that was in charge there, he said that no, we we're gonna send him to America because America needs to see a black priest, mm-hmm. and so. When he and so that was the moment in which he when he got ordained he was actually sent back to where he was where he uh, escaped to enslaver slavery, where his home and then he spent some time uh, working there and then then the archdiocese of Chicago called called his bishop and asked if yeah. they could get him for a black Catholic community there and then and, and like and then he agreed to go and and he served the black Catholic community there uh and 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 he had a big role in starting like the like uh, the St Monica's Catholic Church yep and that is uh that was a, and it was historically a black catholic parish which continues to this very day and stuff and so like and and he gained and, and because he was the first recognized black catholic priest uh like uh he gained some fame over time and stuff and so people wanted him to go and Give talks and lectures and stuff like that. But he basically denied, like, rejected those offers because he was so engaged in his ministries of serving black Catholics. And, and, um, like, it was, it's so, he felt like my place is to serve the people. And so, and, and, and that's what he did. And then, and then in 1897, uh, he died, like, after he went to, like, go to, like, a retreat. And then he came back to Chicago on a very hot day. It was a heat wave going on. And so when he got off the train, he collapsed and then later died and stuff. And so, again, and then when, when he died, when, when he had his funeral, like hundreds of people, probably thousands of people came and like showed up and everything. And so,
1: so he was a, he was born a slave? Yeah. Yes. Did, was he educated by the master? Or would, did he have to learn how to read and all that stuff after he escaped and went to Rome for training?
4: Uh, uh, like he learned to read and write before he, okay. he went to Rome. Now I'm trying to think. I think he might have received some kind of basic education as a slave and everything. I think because like, uh, uh, but I'm not. That's, I'm not. I think sure. his master
3: probably raised him I'm because sure. his godmother was actually his master's wife. Mm, mm-hmm. um,
4: yeah. He
1: probably yeah. Had to so he, he, was born in, he was born in Missouri um, in, 19, in
3: 1854. Yeah. Uh, he was assigned to the Diocese of Alton, which is now Alton, the Diocese yeah. of Springfield. Yeah. Um, he died in Chicago. Um, and yeah, he was called to, he was asked to uh, start St. Monica's Catholic
1: Church. Uh, the, the reason I asked is because like, we know St. John Vianney had trouble with learning. Yeah. We know Stanley Rother, who is I think blessed now. Yeah, he had trouble with learning, so yeah, he could be another priest that could kind of yeah, I'm not ask our yeah. intercession for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
4: but, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if he had trouble with learning, but like, but he did receive some. T- he did receive some yes, education he after he escaped slavery and everything. So, and,
3: so when his mother fled with him, they went to Quincy, Illinois, and there he. He met um, Father Peter McGeer, an Irish immigrant priest, and so um, the priest was one that gave him the opportunity to attend his school um, during the winter months because during the summer he was working at the tobacco factory. And so um, the priest's decision was controversial because although the abolitionists were active in the town, many people didn't want to have a black student in their school. but the priest was adamant, and so he was able to go to school there.
4: Yeah, yeah. And so I guess like, like uh, to wrap up, like my favorite saint. Like, again, the reason why he's why I picked him is because again, he's a you know he's a black American priest, and so he's a kind of a role model for me to kind of mold myself after. And he's someone that like uh, always kind of promotes, especially through my black Catholic apostolate, and and just and uh, like and just shows that he like, like. There's not there's not a whole lot of black Catholics, black uh, African American Catholics, but like here's somebody who looks like me or looks like us and talks like and, and talked like us, has the same kind of like historical background mm-hmm. as us, and so that, that that can speak to like especially like young black men and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I would love to see the day when a lot of young black men consider the priesthood and every don't become Catholic but consider the priesthood and stuff, and so and and, and but yeah, but yeah that's yeah, Oscar, who's like your that. favorite saint? <laughs> oh. <laughs> saint Teresa of Avila. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the last question. Well, yeah. Uh, the last, like, yeah. The last question. we are got everybody. We're, you, we're born back an hour right yeah. now. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but the last was the conversion story. That'll be quick. Like that, that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Start with Nazarena. Non- okay. Right, let me do that over.
1: So, were you Catholic okay. before were you entered seminary? Is that the question?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like. And so our last question we're going to do is, uh, again, were you born Catholic or have a conversion story? I was born Catholic. Um, both of my parents are Catholic.
3: My both, both my mom's parents are Catholics. And on my dad's side, his mother was Catholic, and his father converted later on in life.
1: Brent?
2: Yeah, always been Catholic. Parents are Catholic. Uh, their parents were Catholic, except for my dad's mother, who was presbyterian but they raised all the kids catholic obviously
4: so yeah yeah i'm a convert to the faith uh like i was like my family like i didn't have like very strong religious kind of upbringing and stuff like that but again except for like a brief moment when i was like nine and back in like eight or nine back in 2003 like mom took us to church it was a baptist church and we all and we only went there for like a year or two but that was enough to get me um for, for god to make an impression on my life in which like i began to know who god was and and continue to believe in him and so even when we stopped going to church went through middle school and high school uh believing in god and praying to god and like reading the bible and stuff and like having this this type of faith experience with god until like late like towards the middle middle of uh high school mid to late high school start thinking okay like, like uh, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I don't really, we're not really going to church and stuff like that. Okay, I need to, eventually I got to start going to church again. And so then I kind of, that began, but I just, but with the advent of the internet and everything, having a computer for the first time in the house, I was like, I found out about all the different denominations. And then once I found out the different denominations, then I forgot, oh, I got to pick one of these and stuff. And so then that's, what, like, then, and I, and I know I couldn't remain like a, like non denominational and stuff because that, that like, like, no, no. That, that, that doesn't make that's me a, sense. like, to me, that didn't really make it so that that's a basically a, a denomination anyway. And plus, there's these other options and stuff like that. So it's like they got a reason for existing. Let me look, let me look in there. And then eventually, like, through research and, and figuring out about the different denominations and, the, and their claims they make and what they believe, I began to focus intently on the Catholic Church in particular. and once I focused on the Catholic church, that began like a, a journey that led me all the way to like a, a formal conversion uh, like, a, like, a, like a conversion of the heart later in, high, later, in high, later, in high, later in high school but then like when I got in college as I officially entered the faith and uh, that was 2013 when I officially became Catholic and been Catholic ever since.
1: I was raised Catholic, uh, fell away from the church came back Catholic again. There we go. All right. Oscar. <laughs> I was uh, race Catholic.
3: All right. Um, so, yeah, that's really all we've got for today. Thank you for tuning in. Again, apologies for um, the issues with the live stream. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in and just being with us. And yeah, if you have any questions, any comments, any suggestions, we are... Yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. You can email Get it to man. us. You can comment on the videos, um, and yeah, we're, we're really open to whatever. Thank you very much. See, right. See you, you nice. guys.
0: Bye. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the vocations office of the Diocese of Nashville, shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM, and streaming at NashvilleCR.com.
2: Nashville Catholic Radio programs are made possible through the support of Bridging Tables, Starting with a great cup of coffee, Bridging Tables is bringing people and opportunities to the same table, despite being worlds apart. Founder Matthew Hayes is a parishioner at St. Anne's Church. For more information, go to bridgingtables.com. If you're worried your friend may be struggling,
3: remember, you don't have to be there to be there.
4: You could say how are you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You could ask on your couch while you binge watch.
1: Whatever,
2: whatever, whatever gets you talking.
3: Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at the awkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation.
2: Hi, this is Jim Crow. I am the host of The Mountaintop, a limited series here on Nashville Catholic Radio about people who have had extraordinary experiences with God.
1: It's not things are bad and I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry about these things that are bad. It was a storm is coming, but you're gonna. I need you to trust me through it.
2: Mondays at 1130 a.m. right here on Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com.
1: To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork.
0: Yeah, I can do this.
1: You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Here is a program note
4: from Nashville Catholic Radio. The classic edition of the award-winning We Believe show can be heard at 11 a.m. every Tuesday with your host, Catholic Deacon Jim Walsh and his co host Dr. Richard Schreiber, a Methodist minister. Deacon Walsh and Dr. Schreiber always have a lively discussion about our Catholic faith and the Protestant view. The classic edition of the We Believe Show, 11 a.m. Tuesdays on Nashville Catholic Radio.